0: Up, everybody! You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncy, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now,
1: you're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncy. We're here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon in the Living the Dream studios. I got D-Boy alongside me again today. What's going on, D-Boy? Hello, world. Hello, world. We back at it. Absolutely. We're here. We're here, as you all heard in the opener. We are a production of That Cast Network. Be sure to go check out the lineup. Um, We got a pretty strong lineup over there with the network. A lot is going on here in the city of Portland and beyond, as we all know. So make sure that you are continuously Locking in and checking us out there. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. You like it. We love it. Just make sure you put your ears on what we have going on here. Um, D-Boy. Yo, I'm here. Actually, I'm here. you know what? Before that, okay. I do got to give a shout out. Backtrack, because backtrack. backtrack, backtrack. I do have to give a shout out. I want to shout out. Big Lee, Big Lee reached out to me on Twitter. <laughs> uh,
2: like a real Big Griffin Lee. driver.
1: <laughs> Big Lee reached out to me on Twitter. He said he's a longtime listener and a first-time caller, and he needed the shout-out, so I told him I would make it happen, and man, here we he are right now. Out. <laughs> we, Here we are right now. I appreciate yeah, you for listening, man. That's my dog. Appreciate everybody else who's been listening. A lot of people have been engaging with us. We've been getting a lot of feedback <laughs> via social media. We feed off of your feedback, and that just makes us to continue to go harder, and not because of us trying to be anything ourselves. Obviously, we, we invest in this. This is what we do. We love doing it. We enjoy doing it, but ultimately, we just see a bigger mission in society um, to make this place just a better place overall, so we appreciate y'all for always coming back and always tuning in with us. Now, let's get to the content. D-Boy. I'm here. What's I, up with it? I was right, man. What you was right about? I was
2: right. You took my mind knee. I, I was right,
1: way. man. <laughs> you
2: took my mind knee. I already know where you're going with shady it. Shady Tom Brady. He's shady, too, because it was funny. I watched the first half. I went to Eugene. I was watching the, you feel me? Yeah. Second half, I had to leave. Duty called back, you feel me, in Portland. So I went back to Portland, and I kept checking. CBS Sports kept checking. And when I seen what I believed to be KC go back up by three really, really late in the game, Uh I thought it was over. I thought the Tom Brady Chronicles was over. I thought, I can't believe they even came back and went up, for one, as far as KC is concerned. And then all of a sudden I refresh my screen and shady Tom Brady he struck again. again.
1: He did it again. He struck again. And ultimately, <laughs> first off, Patrick Mahomes had a great season. He's great year. Got a great shot at winning the MVP this year. Ooh, and you knew that you they were going to so? absolutely. I, I, okay. Absolutely. Right. He bought out this year. I agree too. He bought out this right. year. Uh, the Chiefs had a great season, obviously. And one thing that I mentioned last week, and maybe even the week before last, this playoffs was heading in the right direction. Because you had the four best teams that were the final four teams left left in the playoffs this year. Facts. We don't obviously get that. Both conference championship games went to overtime. Mm. That in itself tells you, and it backs backs what I was saying. Really, that that that
2: was the best teams in football that made it,
1: and seeing the best competition playing on the biggest stage that you could possibly play play at. It really gets no better than that in sports. I thought about
2: you when I seen it, no no lie. Yeah, whether teams are stacked,
1: whether you don't like the parity of that particular league, if you're still able and willing to indulge, you want to see the best of the best. You might not act like it if your team's not necessarily doing well or if you feel like You may disagree with a move like Kevin Durant did in the NBA, or you may disagree with LeBron going to the Miami Heat. Yes, in the moment, it seems as if that was kind of the wrong move and that it may take away from competition, but ultimately, when the best are on the court, on the field, on the track, wherever they are, and they gather to compete at the same time, it really, truly gets no better than that in sports. And there was no better than that as a football weekend. That was good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. But... (laughs) Um, we did some episodes back. We talked about the greatest sports city. The episode was actually called The Underrated Sports City, which on that episode, you should go listen back to it. We talked about Portland being an underrated sports city, but we also discussed what we thought was the best sports city. We kind of agreed that it was Boston. And obviously, Tom Brady plays a big part of that because Tom Brady is now going to his ninth Super Bowl. Right, he's been a winner. This is what Tom Brady does. We're seeing him back that point as well. He ain't the goat. I don't even want to get into that conversation. <laughs> I, I <Exactly>. really could, <laughs> but I don't want to get in that conversation because he's definitely the goat. I'm thinking that you. Today. He's definitely he the goat. The GOAT. GOAT. But what I do, what I do want to know is this: We asked. I mean, we talked about the <laughs> biggest championship the city. I want to talk about. Who is the greatest individual champion in sports all time? Because the way I feel is that if Tom Brady goes out and wins this Super Bowl this weekend, he will solidify himself as the greatest individual champion in sports, in, uh, sports history. It's pretty much how I feel. Mm-mm. Who you Mm-mm. got? Well, who you got? Michael Jordan. Oh, no. Oh no! Greatest Absolutely champion. Not. Greatest champion. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan isn't even the greatest champion in basketball. First and foremost, Who is Bill you? Russell is. Shut Bill up. Russell got Man. eleven rings. So that don't Michael count. Jordan isn't. That not I just watched. That some, doesn't take I, away from. I him just being watched a some player. footage
2: from back then. That don't count.
1: But this is why I say it'll be Tom Brady because if Tom Brady wins this week, he'll have six rings. I personally believe having those six rings in football.
2: Means more than Jordan. Can I having explain? Those six can I explain why I said Michael Jordan? Absolutely, because of the iconic staple um, branding, everything else, and and still arguably, if not the best basketball player to ever play the game. I, am I right? Yeah. So everything that went together with that, the the Jordan logo, the the shoe selling, the being the best ever to do it, pretty much the the fadeaway that the other greats, arguably like Kobe and LeBron, take took from Kobe Bryant, all of that kind of stuff is just he had the most impact on the entire culture. And, and when I say culture, I mean the world. Well, when you talk uh, about
1: when, well, when you talk Mary. about branding, it's a lot <laughs> easier to brand as a basketball player than it is as a football player. I recall, I recall back when I was in college, and I was a pretty good college player, all-conference player. I was legit. And I was talking to a guy. His name was Jeff Bahama. He played on our football team at Pacific University. Right. I was all-conference. He was all-region. And we were at a party one night. Obviously, that's what we do in college. And we're at a party, and we're drinking it up. We're having some fun. And he said to me, he's like, Pounce, man, you one of the most – loved dudes on this campus, obviously Agreed. because of it. what I did playing ball and people just clung to me. And just you, and, us, it's in our blood. And he was saying that, not he wasn't taken away from me as a player, so I didn't take offense to what he said. Right. But he was saying like, you're a really good basketball player all conference. And he was like, I'm an all West region football player. Nobody on campus knows me the way that they know you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that goes to obviously you have helmets on in football. You don't get mm-hmm. facial recognition in football. Mm-hmm. That matters ultimately Agreed. when we talk about branding. That's why you see basketball shoes and basketball have a lot more success but than I'm, cleats I'm not, may I'm have I'm arguing that one
2: sport might not have an advantage or a one-up. I'm just calling it for what it is and what I see. And I don't think it's a. absolutely not. I think it's definitely more comparable than you might make it, whether it's an advantage there or not. I mean, Michael Jordan is still brought up on a daily basis when it comes to LeBron playing. When it comes to you know the recent Kobe Bryant exit, it's like you can't run away from Michael but Jordan. But we're period. still talking about things that are happening off the floor, and that's not taken away from. I mean, you can't. What LeBron did I mean, on the floor. I mean, but the only reason I'm using the off the floor is because I mean we can, we can't deny that Michael Jordan is great. Well, the oh, greatest, nobody, potentially. So it's like, ever I don't like got to sit here and state the obvious. I'm just telling you everything else that tacks on to his time. But this is why if Brady
1: wins this week, I think he will be able to become the greatest champion. Why? First things first, I'm going for the Rams. I'm rooting for the Rams to win this game. We've talked on this podcast time and again about our relationship to For the third week CJ in a row, Anderson? shout out C.J. Anderson. He keeps winning, so right. we're going to keep bringing it up. Obviously, he's playing here in the Super Bowl now. But... This Rams team, I think is the toughest team, especially on paper, but obviously on the field too, is the toughest matchup Brady is probably going to have to face out of all nine of his Super Bowls. I can probably sit here right now and name 10 pro bowlers that's on that roster. That's the first thing. You look at, you got Todd Gurley, CJ Anderson, Akeem Tlaib. I bet you Aqib another 40, he won't win. to A- Tlaib. We can run that back. All right, no, I, no, do I don't that. know how to run it back because I'm going for the, Come for on, the Rams. Man, you already it's <laughs> no fun if I'm, I would rather, I, Bet and I cheer. Get, I'm I going get, for the Rams. I'm not doing right, that. Right, but anywho. Right. I tried but anywho, to get you in the moment. You did. You did. <laughs> did you almost <laughs> close below no cigar. But even with that being said, you got Brady playing against his Rams team. I could probably rattle off 10 pro bowlers on that team. That's for one. For two, Brady being able to win his sixth championship At at over 40 years old, he's 41 years old right now. That, to me, is impressive when it comes to his longevity of being able to win Super Bowls in football and be still a Pro Bowl caliber player, still be the leader of his team. It's not a situation like when Manning won his last championship and we felt like Manning was on the decline. We really haven't seen Brady's decline yet. So to be 41 years old, winning your sixth championship you really gotta hear it's me out It's crazy
2: on this. I'm gonna be short and sweet with it we and I myself personally we we've seen and caught Tom Brady too many times cheating period point blank we talking about how many championships and all that we didn't seen them be gutter guys in the NFL time and time again. Back to our—I'm watching you wear the Raiders hoodie right now. Back to us as Raider fans, true Raider fans, when rules start getting in place because of that one. You feel me? Then the deflator gate with the, with the footballs. I, I I don't forget stuff. And I didn't seen them cheat, whether you want to blame it on Belichick, Tom Brady. He's been the leading whatever. I just seen too much— Finicky foul play from that team for me to give them that a champion and especially the greatest champion of all time is gonna win the right way. But if I got anything with, to say that with that it, comes period. With a lot. And he- that comes Brad, with a lot of cheating.
1: champions, even if you think about the Rams <laughs> right now. If the Rams do win this Super Bowl, a lot of people are going to talk about that no call that just happened. And we're now seeing people trying to start different. lawsuits, we're talking everything. But with Brady, different.
2: if but the thing with Brady fo- is he continues to win. Was, the footballs was just flat out but that's on what, purpose. But that
1: makes it more impressive to me. The refs
2: missed calls. That's what's making that it more impressive to call, me. Though, that yeah. was a terrible missed call, yeah.
1: but that's what makes it more impressive to me. I'm not praising Brady for that. That obviously, I wanted the Raiders to win that game. Obviously, you don't like to hear about deflate gates and negative things that are happening within the sport that takes away from the integrity of it. But that's what but we what, hear with but, the Patriots. But what that's makes it's not because he keeps doing it over and over and over and over and over again, which is cheated. why I was so I willing to bet you. I think last
2: game. I just don't know It's yet. the <laughs> reason
1: why I was willing to bet you the way I was. He's been in eight Super Bowls already. Yeah, I mean, the odds was for you. I'm making that yeah. am I'm making that bet all day long for him to go to his ninth. So with Brady being the guy that continues to go over and over, really to me is impressive from a championship perspective because everything that gets thrown at him, he comes right back and he wins again. He's back in the Super
2: Bowl again. Even at 41 years old, that's impressive. Even even more impressive, I mean, even more so than Mahomes in his uh, MVP candidate type year that he just had, if not the MVP. Um, My bet kinda went credit to Andy Reid. I respect Andy Reid. I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time too, right up there with Belichick. Andy Reid is a boy. He's not even close to Belichick, but he is a great coach. He's a great coach. But he
1: he also has a negative perception
2: in the postseason as well as a coach. And
1: I believe he's a
2: great coach as well. Nowhere, near Belichick. Great, okay, who, Nowhere uh, near Belichick. Okay, who would you put in that middle gap? Who who would feel that? I think he's the closest to Belichick that we got in the NFL. Uh, no, along with Tomlinson. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike yeah, Tomlin. Yeah, I'm sorry. Tomlinson in the football. That's who I was, Tomlin. That's who, I was, getting Pittsburgh. Ready. That's who Pittsburgh. I was
1: getting ready to throw there. But in my opinion, Belichick is in a league of his own right now when it comes to be a coach. And there's really nobody close to him in that place he's also going to his ninth super bowl right now Man, that's, <laughs> that's, that's
2: crazy as a that's, that's crazy sick. to me he didn't so even a, though you know. jordan was
1: impressive <laughs> won him back to back twice for Brady to be doing this over a span of 20 years in a physical sport like football, where your career really isn't supposed to last that long, has been absolutely incredible to me. I'm so kind of mad at Michael Jordan. I think but he I'ma has to win, though. This one. I he has Michael to win. Jordan janky, but I'm going to give him He game. has to win, though. Michael Jordan. Because if they're both at what six y'all championships. Think? I need y'all to
2: uh, put us on Instagram and Twitter. What y'all think? Yeah. I, if I they're think both at six Michael championships,
1: Jordan. I'm giving it to Tom Brady all day long. All right. Next up. We're going to get a little bit more political. Uh, many of you may have heard about what's been going on in D.C. and in Covington, Kentucky with the Catholic school kids and the standoff that they had that was crazy. with the Native American. We'll dig more in into it here on face. the next segment. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey.
0: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
1: Ah, so unfortunately, we do have to discuss some of the hard-hitting news that has taken place in society this week. Many of you may have already heard about it, so I'll give you a bit of a backstory, but I won't get too deep into it. Um, There was a kid, there were multiple kids, they went to a Catholic school based out of Kentucky, and they had a standoff with an elder, Native American man, his name was Nathan Phillips. There was one kid in particular of these high school students, his name was Nick Sandman, who went very viral. This whole video went viral of what took place in Washington, D.C., but this kid in particular was pretty much face-to-face having this standoff with Phillips, and it went very viral, and unfortunately, we are now dealing with another issue of division here in this Man, country. <laughs>
2: it don't seem to leave my news station, my TV. I watch the news a lot. I like to know what's going on, even though I'm not so political, and it's just so much division right now.
1: Absolutely, and, and I'll be the first to say, while I do definitely have a take and an opinion on what took place out there, I do need more answers. I just do. I don't. I mean, I know there's videos floating around, there's clips floating around, but I definitely think that there were a lot of moving parts and a, mo- a lot of moving pieces that took place leading up to that particular moment, and I want to know more, personally, about those moving pieces. I did see the video,
2: but I need to know I'm more. I'm sure but it's since more to you- see, but I've seen enough. I've seen enough to have an answer. Well, then give it to us. Oh, period. So uh, basically, I think that we clearly all, whoever seen the video out there in this world, we clearly all seen who uh, antagonized that fight. Or not even a fight, the standoff. I think that it wasn't a two parts type of thing. I think it was one part who felt like I shouldn't take a step further or I can be at risk or cause a greater issue. And then I think it was another party who had the Make America Great hat and and Great Again Haddon was trying to cause kind of a, a reaction basically. And I think it was clear as day who was trying to cause the reaction and who was more so being reserved in the situation. And so that was enough to me to know that I'm sure it was other moving parts to the situation, but it was clear to me within the video who was trying to create a problem or who was willing to let it go to the next level.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I I do agree with you on that part. I just still want to know more as far as... As far as what? As far as the initial protesting where the Catholic kids were protesting about anti-abortion right, and then supposedly they were getting into it with a group of, I think it was like Hebrew Israelites about an entirely different situation and that's when Phillips decided to intervene because he was trying to create peace amongst an already an intense situation that was taking place. Which me personally... So I do get that part. Right, right. I do get that part of it. But what I'm saying is there were multiple kids there and I think that with kids being involved that it is a case by case situation as Mm -hmm. far as all the kids that were there. I do want to express that part that I feel like each kid can be judged in this situation individually and it's starting to become all of them together and there was some times. I definitely think it should be individualized. So that, that's what I'm saying. I think ultimately. it should be
2: individualized for sure. But me personally, I I'm not much of a political person, but I am a right and wrong type of person. It's two sides, period. Absolutely. And I think that. You know, the young guy knew what he was doing. Absolutely. He, he clearly knew what he was trying to do and what possibly could have been the outcome. So, well, he, for me, he's wrong. Yeah, he's wrong. well
1: for me what's been interesting is obviously they're were, they were wearing Make America Great Again hats, so they're getting a lot of conservative support right now, all the way up to the top. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, has come out and he's tweeted that the media has pretty much started all of this division and all of this madness to that be, to be taking place. He went to his crutch, which was saying that it was fake news. And then you have a lot of other conservatives that are coming out and really trying to defend these kids because they were 15 and 16-year-old kids. Right.
2: And while which, I do think— Do you find an excuse for the youth part of it?
1: I don't necessarily find an excuse for the youth part of it. I do understand why adults are coming to the defense for their youth mm, because well I think that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. I think that it's human nature for adults to come to the defense He's of youth. He's just a child. We he just, right. I, I, I think you. that's just human nature in that aspect. The reason why I don't give the youth a pass for being innocent in this situation because they were youth and they were 15 and 16-year-olds is because I've seen it take place at my high school. We had a guy at my high seen school. i have seen what take place? Racism? I've seen racism take place amongst high school students Division, at my high school. At yep. my high school. In this particular incident, there was a guy, it was in 2008. He was a senior at our school. He, long story short tied a teddy bear to a noose, attached it to his pickup truck, and began to drive his pickup truck with this teddy bear and noose hanging from his pickup truck around the parking lot. That obviously caused an uproar on campus. A lot of people saw it. Things pretty much went viral back then. It was the MySpace days. It wasn't the Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat days. Right, right. But things definitely ended up going viral. And from there, that guy had supporters. And some of his supporters ended up making like fake Facebook page or MySpace pages, excuse me. And when they made these fake pages, they began to put out terrorist threats. They had a particular day that they were supposed to come shoot up to school, kill people at school, et cetera, et cetera commit hate crimes at school. Since they did put the date out there that this was supposed to be taking place, we had about 2,500 students. That's a lot of students for a high school. Right. About yeah, that's two, a lot. About 2,000 of us did not gone. go to school no, that day. Gone. We didn't go. <laughs> we didn't go to school that day. And, you know, I do like to bring in a Portland centric topic as well when it comes to this. Right. Just recently, you had Park Rose High School. They're based right here out of Portland, I'm Oregon. i about that. Yeah. They went to play <clears throat> at St. Helens High School. Racial and they slurs. were receiving racial slurs at the game. And now Park Rose High School and the supporters of the students that were the recipients of these racial slurs are now wanting something to happen to St. Helens. They want action to be taken place because of that. So I'm not going to give these 15 and 16-year-olds a pass just because they're 15 and 16 years old. Because I've witnessed it firsthand happened at my school. It's happening right here, right now, in the city of Portland. And when I connect what happened in my school to this mainstream situation, obviously, that happened, this was in 2008. In 2008, we were in an extreme political climate because that was the year that Barack Obama became the president. Facts. You got your first black president. You obviously got a lot of black pride taking place in this country. And a lot of people who may not have aligned with Obama because of racism, politics, whatever the case may be, they were in an uproar because of it. Now, we're still in a very political climate But it's because of the polar opposite reason (laughs) of Barack Obama being president. We now have Donald Trump as president who has displayed opposite characteristics from Obama. So I think the extremity levels are still the same from 2008 to now. But I just think the reasons
2: that the extremity levels are as high as they are are for two polar opposite reasons. I completely agree with that. I think that's well put, and that is a very good uh, dynamic that you bring to the table there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, unfortunately, that all had to take place, and can we all just get along?
2: Please. I don't care. Color,
1: whatever. Let's just get along. For sure, for sure. (laughs) Next up, though... It's been a while since we touched up on our NBA predictions that we made early on in the season. We made a pact with you guys that throughout this season, every few episodes or so, that we would let y'all know where our predictions stand. So, Mine sucks. Since it's been a while, we'll <laughs> cover that next. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncy.
0: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win Podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
1: Ah, it's prediction time, D-Boy. It's prediction time. I'm not excited about
2: this, but I'm (laughs) off. I'm way off. Probably one for about six or seven. Yeah, it's
1: been a while since we actually talked about this, which I'm actually not mad at because more has been able to take place in the NBA We're at an entirely different place now. This is actually our first time, I think, even recapping our predictions, our early season predictions that we made in the year 2019, so I think we're in a good place. All-Star weekend is coming soon, and then you'll have that second half of the season surge where things will really go up and down, and a lot more will be told as far as what our predictions were. Right. But I think a lot more has been said since we made those predictions up to this point as well. So I'll start off, my MVP pick was Kawhi Leonard. I'm off there. I do think Kawhi is having an MVP caliber season. The Toronto Raptors are having major success, and Kawhi Leonard is doing what he's supposed to be doing there in Toronto. Kevin Durant. I'm not mad at. I'm not. You had Kevin Durant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's just not it. Steph Curry's the Man, guy over there, he which is I said, not back making then enough as well. noise, bro. Yeah,
2: Steph Curry's the guy over yeah. there. But, I mean, I, I don't how, know. What you think it is? Like, I mean, it's nothing. They're still the best team no, in the No, I'm saying, conference, what do you think but, it is with Kevin Durant? He just can't make enough noise behind. Steph Curry, if you want to say behind, or well, what, it's what not, is...
1: It? It's, I'm not even going to say behind, but it's two right. MVP caliber players on the same team. I think that'll offset each one of them being able to reach their maximum potential when it comes to winning that award, because we have the debates all the time
2: that... I don't it's think it's Steph stopping teams, Curry it's as much team. as it is KD, no, is why I'm I, asking the I question. Agree. I
1: agree, but it's Curry. <laughs> like, it's Curry. Curry's a two-time MVP. Like Curry Durant, is Durant Curry's Curry. the best point guard in the NBA. I'm not talking about who's better. I'm talking about the MVP award. Well, Curry, mean, most, it, yeah, Curry's uh, got two of them, so the, the
2: most value it's not Kurt, yeah. it's
1: not that far off to see Curry having more success than Durant. All right, I just don't that think win. that's the you case. That win. But what I will say, the person that I do think is
2: leading the pack for MVP right now, it's got to be James Harden. Oh, it's James. He's doing it's big game so, James. The craziness. I know that James Worthy's uh, slogan, but. I mean, he could dang near borrow it after how he played 61 points. oh
1: my gosh. Last night. And sure, a lot of people will make the case for Giannis, and rightfully so. I'm not taking anything away from Giannis here. But what I'm seeing James Harden do, like I said, the only person I've ever seen do anything like this before is Kobe Bryant. And Harden is getting to the point in this season, not over a career span, but in this particular season, He's getting to a, the point of exceeding anything Kobe Bryant has done from a scoring perspective.
2: Jeez, yes, yes. From a
1: scoring perspective, he's on the roll. I'm not saying oh Harden's better than Kobe. Not even close. It's no, not what I'm getting no, at at all. No. But from a scoring perspective, this may end up being the most impressive season I have ever seen when it comes to just purely scoring the basketball. Facts.
2: I was. I, like that's, un- that's dang near that's, undeniable. It's undeniable at this point, and and I think he's gonna keep it up, obviously, through the rest of the season. But it's not. I mean, it is fun to watch. I'm not. Let me retract it's that. Very but fun to watch for it, me. About twenty two or twenty five of them be free throw points. But if he got sixty, then it doesn't matter. He still hit with forty uh-huh. points on field
1: goals, two-point field goals, three-point field goals. This is what we're seeing is pure dominance right now. I I tweeted the other day. I think he's the guard version of Shaquille O'Neal. When it comes to just his pure dominance, yeah, he because it we, anyway. know, yeah, he we know, yeah, we know Shaq to be like the most dominant player ever back during his day. I'm seeing Harden as the guard version of that right now Is this it season. Ste- Is it step back of travel?
2: It can be. You, but it's not more the same so, every time. I'm asking you, more so than not, is that step I back and travel? I think it's 50-50. It's okay. not the same every that's, time, a, that's though. That's a whole lot it's of traveling.
1: That's a lot of traveling, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think the step back is the same every time, but he has gotten away with it. I think it's four steps, step, step but back. But his his game is just so nasty that I got to put him there. Um, He's for MVP of the year. Of, Yeah, yeah. For defensive player of the year, I picked Joel Embiid. I, I mean, I'm in the ballpark still. I picked
2: Anthony Davis.
1: Anthony Davis may be higher. I think Anthony Davis may be top five in blocks and rebounds right now. As to where Joel Embiid is top five in rebounds, he's not top five in blocks, but he's top 10. He's top 10. Hell too. I mean, he he's top 10. He's top 10. And I just think with the dynamic of his team, He's not going to block as many shots because you have a lengthy guy like Ben Simmons, you have a defender like Jimmy Butler. Just the dynamic of that team, he's not going to be forced to block as many shots because he does have some length, some size all the way around on the perimeter to where guys aren't just coming through and attacking the lane time in and time out because they got to get by a 6'10 Ben Simmons out there or they got to get by the help defense of a tremendous athlete in Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, I definitely think dynamics come into play, which is why I'm not mad at the pick that I made. I just don't think if the season ended right now that Joel B would be the guy. Um, next up, my most improved player was Jamal Murray. No,
2: six man. Six man. Uh, well, I okay. mean, I can do, that, right, next. Right, I can do right. that next. I can do that next. Up. My most improved player, though, was Jamal Murray, and I'm still very happy with that pick. I know this ain't a word, but my most deproved player is Brandon Ingram. I'm, <laughs> he, he actually, the last game I seen, he was balling off. You really on, did he, pick Brandon I Ingram to him. win. I picked most him. improved this I year. I picked huh? him. A lot of people did, but and he been I don't... off since he threw that weak punch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he been off with me since then, but oh, but man. but I
1: was confused as was to why. Was that versus the Rockets? Who was that versus? That was versus the Rockets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was early in the season versus the Rockets. But I was even confused then why so many people expected Ingram to win most improved. After what Kuzma already oh, showed us last it. season, stop it. that's why. No, what I'm saying that is he had room for. No, 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 no. Kuzma had a very good season last year right. as a rookie. Right. He's having a very good season this year right now. But the point I'm getting at is similar to the point that I was making with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. The reason why both of those guys aren't higher they up offset each is other. because they offset each other. Similar in a games sense. to a sense. They offset each other to a sense. Now I think Kuzma is playing a lot better than Brandon Ingram. Ingram and it shows. Yeah. But but those two guys together with the seasons that they had and the expectations that they had coming into this season with the LeBron in town now, you knew that the elevation was going to at least... You knew it was coming from Kuzma just because of of the type of player that he is. Right. He's just a fearless stud. You know he works hard. He's fearless. His confidence is through the roof. Ingram is a guy, though, that you felt had that basketball body. You felt like he had a higher ceiling, a higher potential than somebody like Kuzma. So you threw him into that conversation I was hearing talks to the next
2: Kevin Durant.
1: And... That's not to say that that can't still happen. He's oh, 21. Yes, it, can. it can't. He's 21. That's not to say that it can't still it happen. It won't happen. But Make it, it 40. just <laughs> isn't here right now. You always want to bet 40. <laughs> it won't happen. Um. So, yeah, six man. I had Eric Gordon. I'm
2: off there. <laughs> I had the same guy. I'm yeah, off. I'm off. He also had a great game. Though. I think he just led them to a victory. He made a late-game three-pointer or... A so bring in the overtime and then killed it then too. So. Oh, I will say I don't think it's too late. Yeah, but he I don't not, think it's too late. If but he's been tomorrow, he's been yeah, if the hurt, season ended, he hurt. He's been hurt for yeah, a while. He just got back and did that so. Yeah,
1: I don't think he's too late and I still think the Rockets have a good run in them because he's back and he's going to get back into the rhythm of things. Chris Paul still has to come back and Clint Capella still has to come back. So that team is not nearly at full strength. But that also could help him because he now has to carry a heavier load offensively. Right. I think with those guys, he knew how to play his role tremendously well with all of them together. And that ultimately made them that team that had the Warriors really on their heels last season in the conference finals. They went up 3-2. They had the unfortunate injury to Chris Paul. But now you're forced to have to go out there and get buckets. But then again, not really, because James Harden is averaging thirty six point three points a game. Socko mode. <laughs> he should have a heavier role in scoring, but James Harden is scoring it at such a high rate that it kind of doesn't matter, unfortunately. Mm. So yeah, I, I can't go with Eric Gordon today if the season ended today. Um, rookie of the year. That's an easy Not call. You. That's an easy call.
2: It's an easy call. He's sick too. It's an easy call. He, he's he's gonna have a great career. Yeah, that's definitely an easy NBA call.
1: Career. That's that's just that, and then coach of the year, I had Brad Stevens, he's still not the guy yet. I You had the coach from the Phoenix Suns. I don't know what you consumed that day, but you might not want to consume that the next time you're making a prediction. <laughs> Regular stuff. Regular stuff, people. It was just a bad day.
2: That's that's probably my furthest off pick, though. Yeah, that was way off. That was way off. That was way off. You
1: you, got to be a contender to be a coach of the year. Your team has to be a contender, not just a playoff team, which I wildly predicted, but not even nowhere near to saying that that guy would have been coach of the year. (laughs) And that's the Phoenix Suns coach for those of you all who still want to know who this particular guy is. I'm not even going to sit here and try to, pronounce his name because it's not even worth pronouncing at Mm-mm. the moment right now anyway. I should have knew when I couldn't pronounce that, I shouldn't have picked that. Absolutely. But... <laughs> You're 100% right. You are 100% <laughs> right. If I've never told you before that you are 100% right, you are right there. But Take next up...
2: <laughs> taking please. I won't be the guy
1: who uh, that As you know, next up, we got the Take an L segment. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast here on Netcast Network.
0: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
1: Ah, So it's time for the Take and L segment. We gave y'all winning formulas on Tom Brady being the greatest champion of all time if he wins the Super Bowl, which I really hope he doesn't. I'm not going for him, but if he does, I think he's the greatest individual champion in sports history, at least American sports history. American sports history. I'm not going to sit here and get all global with it. Um, But, oh, well, we also gave you the winning formula on understanding that, yes, racial insensitivity does take place in high school. Uh, Obviously, we talked about what happened in Washington, D.C., under the kids from, I think it was Covington High School, the Catholic school based out of Kentucky, and the standoff that they had with Nathan Phillips, who, who was a Native American man, who was trying to create peace and instill peace amongst some um, divide and tension that was taking place amongst different racial groups at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. And a lot of people are coming to the defense of those kids saying that they're kids, leave them alone. But mm. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, High school kids definitely tend to do those things. I've experienced it. And know what they're doing. They know, exactly. I've experienced it. Um, We just saw it take place right here in Portland, unfortunately, with the Park Rose High School girls receiving racial slurs towards them at their game. It's a thing. It happens. So we just want to put that out there that, yes, it does happen. There's nothing that's winning about that. It's not a winner for anybody, but... We just want to make you aware that that's a thing, and it does exist here in society. And then, obviously, we went over our predictions. But now we got to talk about who took an L this week. Please. Please. You start this one off. I'll start it off. I'll start it off. And the person that took an L this week is Stephanie Hamill. Now... For those of you who may or may not know Stephanie Hamill, Hamill, whatever her name is, I really don't care in this particular I don't care. (laughs) She was the lady who went onto Twitter and she posted a clip of a video of the twerk video, City Girls featuring Cardi B. And she tweeted and Mm. asked Cardi B a few questions in regard to this particular video that she posted a clip of. She said, in the era of Me Too, how exactly does this empower women? And then she said, leftist? She tagged Cardi B, and she said, feel free to chime in. Thanks. Now, Cardi B chimed in. Cardi B, being who she is, That's being not, somebody yeah. who's not afraid to, to know, speak know her know. mind. Mm-hmm. Cardi B chimes in in response. It says to women that I can wear and not wear whatever I want. Do whatever I want, and that no still means no. So, Stephanie, chime in if I twerk and be half naked, does that mean I deserve to get raped and molested? I want to know what a conservative woman like you thinks. What a clapback by wow. Cardi B in that moment! I,
2: I didn't expect that from her. What I really a clapback!
1: What a clapback by Cardi B. Was now, obviously, that was very in depth, mm-hmm. but obviously. The question itself was an L to me, but things get a little deeper, and this is the reason why I ultimately thought Stephanie Hamill took an L. It's because she did respond to Cardi B. I'm not even going to sit here and read her tweet and say what she responded, but there was one thing that she said at the end of her tweet in her response to Cardi B, and that was, would you like to join me on my show and debate about this? That L, that (laughs) That Would that she try to troll her into a show up That was the worst possible thing she could have possibly did. Why? In a moment where we're talking and discussing women empowerment. In a moment where we're talking about rape and molestation. Was it a troll? You want to turn this into her coming on your show? Is it a troll? I think it was a troll. Because what it is is I think it was a troll. A lot of it was a troll, but to some instance, I don't think it was a troll, and Mm. here's why. The reason why I don't think it was a troll because I think that we are in a climate and in a moment where she needs somebody like a Cardi B to be able to come onto her platform and try to make her platform bigger than what it is because she doesn't have a lot to stand on, in my opinion. You can call that a troll. I I think in, I don't look at a troll as that particular person, as somebody that doesn't have something to stand on. I actually think most trolls do have something to stand on. And since they have something to stand on, they try to take advantage in any way possible. And I don't think that that's the right thing to do. And when we see that you're trying to take advantage of your situation in any particular way that's when I think it really comes into play that you're trolling. I do think that a lot of trolls have something to stand on. I don't think she does. I think this is her livelihood that we're talking about here that's at stake. If she gets somebody like a Cardi B on her show who has a lot more clout, who has a lot more power, who has a lot more influence on society today, she needs to be able to leech off of that to feel as if she has the same power that she's supposed to have based Mm. on the privilege that she has. But we're getting to a point where things are changing. We're seeing the climate change. I've heard people say that, um, an example that I may hear a lot of people say is that she's on the wrong side of history, (laughs) for lack of a better term. For real. She's on the wrong side of history. So to sit here and try to criticize Cardi B about women empowerment and then try to make it a debate Instead of continuing the conversation that you already started on that particular platform, it should have never turned into a debate for a show. This isn't a debate topic. This is not a debate topic. I'm not saying that everybody has to agree or disagree on the situation. That can be a thing. That can definitely coexist, but we're not going to turn it into a debate. We're just going to continue to have the the conversation because this is a serious deal. Rape, molestation, the Me Too movement, this is a serious situation. It's a real situation and conversations need to be had. And if there are genuine agreements and disagreements that come from those conversations, that's fine. That can be worked through. But when we wanna debate about a conversation like this, that rubbed me all the way the wrong way. So Stephanie Hamill, you took it in It was L a troll week.
2: and I think that's an L. I mean, yeah, I, I, I kinda depict it as a troll. You try to reel her in and catch her to be a part of your show on some troll stuff and I, I don't like that. Yeah, I mean you can call it a troll, but mm-hmm.
1: I but I'm 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 I feel like the word troll is being overused this day and age. That's really how true, I feel. True. I like I said, I really truly think that there's a shift in culture. There's a shift in influence. There's a shift happening in society, and we have to take more credit for that shift. Although we do face the trauma, the racism, the prejudice, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that we do daily, we also gotta know and understand that our our
2: influence is heavy right now. They need us. I'm gonna be short <laughs> they and need sleep with my taking their input. Go ahead. NFL referees, NFL referees, particularly the one that was closest to the man who committed the pass interference, (laughs) defensive pass interference, I don't even got to tell y'all the game, but I will, the LA Rams game, the LA Rams committed that, yes, you know, and you have followed us and heard the fact that we want the Rams to win, and I'm happy that the call was missed, but it's still an L in the overall grand scheme of things and in the game, would you agree? I mean, yeah, blatant miss call. Yeah, it was a bad. It was a bad no call. The player that committed the uh, the The penalty, penalty. he admitted it. (laughs) The uncalled penalty, he admitted that he was surprised and happy when he didn't see a flag. It was just a terrible miss in the most crucial, uh, you know, time of the game in one of the most crucial games of the season. It was a season-ending call for real. Miss
1: call. Now, here's my question: Did you see the picture that Todd Gurley? Took with the referee on Instagram. I sure did. They did
2: like a jersey swap where he gave. I, mean, I love Todd Gurley. Yeah, I think I, that I, I like the. I think I like the laid back comedy that was in it. it like at the end of the day, we all know it's a miscall, and he played off of it, and it was funny. Question is, was that a troll on behalf of Todd Gurley? Of course. That's my thing, though.
1: That's what I was talking about when it came to trolls. I think Todd Gurley has a lot to stand on. You think that was a troll? Where, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I agree 100% that it was a troll, but back to what I was saying. I think Todd Gurley still had a lot to stand on. First off, being that he's Todd Gurley, and he's a really good player. He's a great player. Second off, that his team was definitely in that ball game, and I mean, they're a great team. Like They do belong in the Super Bowl. I don't think that that missed call takes away from them belonging in the Super Bowl, but I I do understand the frustration from football fans, in particular New Orleans Saints fans that did see that missed call and it's like, oh, that's the reason we didn't go. I definitely understand that frustration as well. But I just think Todd Gurley has a lot to stand on, being that his team is great, being that he's kind of known for being this out this out there guy. That entire team takes on a characteristic yep. of being yep. out there, being Complete a big thing. Complete
2: opposites from the uh Super Bowl opposition. A- absolutely. And Complete I, opposites of I the Patriots. They're taunting they what Todd Gurley did. Yeah. It was the referees. Back yeah, but it was a troll. Yeah, that was, but it was a troll. That was a troll. That was a troll but for sure. That wasn't an L troll. I just think he that had wasn't something. I wasn't an L troll
1: think he has something to stand on. I think with he that had troll. nothing to lose with that. That's what, yeah, he, same he has something thing. to stand on. Yeah, exactly. hey, we just, same thing said two different ways. Step so. it up, referees. Especially <laughs> in the
2: biggest moments of these players' careers. Come yeah, on,
1: absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, on that note, D-Boy, let him know where to find you, where to follow you, what you got going hey, on. I'm finna you drop what? some new music. I'm working Uh-oh. on a
2: project called Life Outside Social Media. Uh-huh. It is not an EP. It's an album. It's substance. It's substance. It is everything that you need and what's going on today. And a lot of what we talk about, references are made so make sure y'all on the lookout for that coming soon i will be starting to drop material for that in the next week or two d-boy ltd with an i not a y you already know absolutely and you know where to find me just
1: search devon pouncey um my handle is pounce underscore station on both instagram and twitter make sure you subscribe spotify soundcloud apple podcast we're also on thatcast.com with the host of many other phenomenal podcasts here in the portland market be sure to check us out be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend and on that note we'll leave y'all the only way that we know how and that is to stay woke and go win